0: You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network. Riotcast.com
1: I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out, and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed, and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease, so I'm paging Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve. Dr. No, Steve. Hey.
2: It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who keeps the alternative medicine assholes at bay. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And she who will do most anything for a glass of expensive wine, it's Lady Diagnosis.
3: Hey, Dr. Steve.
2: This is a show for people who had never listened to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question, you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider. If you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call. 347-766-4323. That's 347 head? If you're listening to us live, the number is 754-227-3647. That's 754-22-Penis. Or 754-Bare-Nip, which is my favorite. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine, Lady Diagnosis, and DRScottWM. And you can follow our intern, 49 Cent... At WM the Intern. Visit our website at WeirdMedicine.com for podcast, medical news, and stuff you can buy, or go to our merchandise store at slash Weird Medicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything here with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, or whatever. All right, very
3: good. Brewmaster.
2: Brewmaster, that's correct. Mm-hmm. I can't uh, drink. During this show today, because I've got to go back to work after this. Oh, Ugh. yeah, we lost our weekend person, and everybody else on my team's like, "Oh, I have kids at home, and I can't work weekends." It's like well, those two things really don't exactly follow. Mm-hmm. And I have kids at home, and but I'm going to work it because if I don't do it, no, it's not going to get done. So, uh, the good news is I'm going to uh, 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 take um, you know, if I work two days on the weekend, I'll take a day off during the week.
3: You know, they make people that you can actually pay, and they will watch your children for yeah, you. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't
2: it? Yeah. yeah. Well, so you can keep your job. <laughs> I know. <laughs> crazy. Don't get me, but I, yeah, I, I don't want to get off on that because. Um, Anyway, maybe certain people might listen to this show, but (laughs) uh, it's okay. I I need some extra time off, and I don't mind working weekends. I did seven days a week for seven years when I was starting this program. So, uh, you know, it's just kind of going back to that, and I didn't hate
3: it then. You don't have to work all night, do you? No,
2: God, no. Okay. okay. No, 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 no. No, and uh, uh, Dr. Scott and I are going to play our I decided our band name is Background Noise, spelled N O I Z.
3: Oh, (laughs) how cute that is!
2: Because I really don't want people to listen to us. I just want to be background noise. Mm -hmm. So, have you decided? Are we going to amplify ourselves tonight, or are we just going to sit out there and play? Or is he going to have a PA? Yeah, no, we're just going straight acoustic. We're going straight acoustic. Okay. Now, when I'll be uh, in the front row. This. This is playing on Tuesday, two days from now, is going to be Vic Henley at Allendale. So go to etncomedy.com. That's like East Tennessee. ETN Echo Tango November Comedy dot com. And all the information is there. Uh it's free. It's um this is big for uh the area that we're in. We really don't get comedians of this caliber here. And what I'm hoping is is that we can continue to grow the uh, gravitas of the comedians that we get in. And uh, this place seats 1,200 effing people. And last time we had Tim Dillon. He did great. He got double the number of people that have ever come to one of their events. Mm-hmm. But it looked like nobody was there. I felt bad for it's Tim so because he looks huge. out there and it's so, they're so yeah, spread yeah. out. Yeah. You know, there was, uh, you know, I don't know. They usually get 100 people. They had 250 for him. So it was a big deal. But um, it, it just you, you looked out there. He even took a picture of it, and he said, "Oh, this is going to go great." But it ended up being a great, great <laughs> event. It really was. But well, I need more people to show up for this. So it's free. It's free. It's so Thursday
3: night. There's nothing else going on. Right.
2: And even if you're coming from out of town, so take a long weekend, mm-hmm. come here for this, and then go up to Asheville or go to mm-hmm. Nashville or you know make a long weekend out of it. And if you come see Dr. Scott or I uh, or Lady Diagnosis and come say hello, uh, I'll try to get some tokens, and you guys can you know go get a free beer. I'll talk to the beer guy, see how we can work that out. Okay. Can mm-hmm.
3: I get a free beer yeah, if of I talk to you? Okay. Or they can go
4: right down the street to the uh, the the uh, riverfront. That's Our right. new beer run location.
2: We can do that Love after. It. Well, we yeah. still we won't be open after this is done
3: though. Well, I? you have a key, don't you?
2: We do. We have the key. Hello. Think we could do extended hours and tell everybody to head over there after the event? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So uh, we'll do a little thing at the beer run that evening. We'll have to pay <coughs> pay uh, Charlie a little bit. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Did you get your draw permit? You no. gotta have a poor. You gotta have a poor license.
3: A license to poor. And, and we don't
2: mean P O R E or
3: P O O R. I do P-O-O-R. have my P O O R.
2: <laughs> the poor. Li- the P O R E license. That's uh, Lady Pimple
3: Popper. Yeah. Mm.
2: And then uh, yeah. she's you know,
3: got a great job. P
2: O O R. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's, that's the, the sucky poor license. That's. I right. have that one. That's the one we get from Sirius X. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But anyway, but it's good to be on there. I'm not complaining. I was on Howard again. Oh, yeah. Howard who? Yeah, that was Howard who. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, For the third time. Howard Stern.
3: Shut up. Really? yep, Yep. Wow. I'm so impressed.
2: It was fun. Well, Shuli, you, you remember Shuli? Right. You oh, yeah. you ran him around for the funniest person Tri Cities competition. Mm-hmm. He, um, you know, we stayed in touch, and he was such a nice guy. And he, you know, my kids liked him, and we think he's really funny. And he was so good that night. I mean, he just made that night. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, for the Howard Stern listeners that hate Shuli, I don't get it. I don't. You know, he gets a lot of hate on Reddit and stuff. And I have to defend him. He was fantastic. Mm -hmm. He was wonderful. His stand up was hilarious. People, he did 30 minutes before the thing. He he did crowd work. Mm -hmm. People were dying laughing. And then during the Mm -hmm. event, he was, you know, it was all ad libbing. We didn't know what the hell. Mm -hmm. We had nine different comedians do stuff. And then he would comment on it. You know, he was playing the Ryan Seacrest part. And uh, and then he was, he made a, jokes out of all this stuff. And it was really, if they were bad, he made them funny. Mm-hmm. And if they were good, he made them funnier. And then he, he at the end, people were like, can you do more comedy? So he did another 20 minutes and got a standing ovation that wouldn't stop till he left the stage. Yeah. Now, come on. So anyway, but Julie and I have stayed uh, friendly. <clears throat> and uh, w- when they have something that's medical, he'll call me.
4: Mm.
2: And they called me in Hawaii at 3 in the morning one day. And that uh I, I couldn't do that. I missed that call, hmm. but yeah, it was fun. And then every time now, of course, uh, I called into uh, Jim and Sam. They were talking about black holes and universe stuff and and you know physics. And so I was talking to them about that. And of course, the whole preamble is oh, was was Howard on vacation today and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> Catching shit. XM one hundred and three is still our home, and it always will be. But. You know, nobody gave two shits when I was on Montel Williams' show Mm -hmm. or when I was on the Bob Rivers show or any of the other shows that I've been on or Bob and Tom back in the day. I love that show. Nobody – uh, gave two shits, but all of a sudden, I was on a Howard Stern one time, and I started catching hell from the 103 people. Mm-hmm. It's just funny. Mm-hmm. It's just something to give me shit They're about. just jealous, no, like it's my mom funny. would say. They're just, <laughs> right? They're just giving me shit. All right. All right. Hey, uh, don't forget to check out Dr. Scott's website at That's simply Her- Herballs. Herballs. net. That's net. And uh, he's really s- spruced up his website, and mm-hmm. uh, the greatest thing on there, GVAC used to love this, uh, the fatigue reprieve, mm-hmm. and my wife likes the stress less. But my favorite thing is the Simply Herbal sinus rinse. Uh, I use it every day. It's the greatest stuff in the world, and mm-hmm. even my <clears throat> my voice sounds better when I use it mm-hmm. on the air. It gives so, you that cigarette voice. Mm, well, yeah. it gets the the mucus out of there, so right. I, so I'm not I have like a gurgly sure, yep. you know. Yuck! I hate that when I hear that in people, and I have when I have it myself, I hate it even more. Uh, don't forget, uh, please use stuff.drsteve.com. Stuff.doctorsteve.com. Uh, there's all kind. Of, it's a, it's just a click through page. You can just click straight through and go to Amazon, or you can scroll down and see a lot of the different products that we've talked about on this show, including the. Uh, um, uh, amino acids and other things that um, I use to uh, uh, basically cure my peripheral neuropathy when my when my neurologist said, hey, well, hey, we ain't got
4: nothing day. Well, there was a, there was something else you did before you started the uh, supplements. Well, what? Stopped your statin. Ah. Yeah.
3: Well, well oh. yeah,
4: that's true. Because that's true. once did, you stopped it, I
2: mean, once you stopped it. Well, you I started. did the, the two at the same yeah, time yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. Uh, yeah, Dr. Scott is absolutely correct. Yeah. I'll give you that. Uh, Wait a minute! Whoops! What? Give
1: yourself a bill.
2: That is true. uh, You went. You went from being. uh, I'm trying to sell some some simple fucking snake oil, dude. Yes, I love it. You're telling me, uh, well, that wasn't what it was. Well, I'm supporting you. I know. I appreciate it. So I have a question on the
3: app. I have the Amazon app. Yes, you can't direct it. it? Mm -hmm. So you just have to go through the website. You have to go through the website to use
2: our link, unfortunately. Okay anyway uh and don't forget uh, tweakedaudio.com offer code FLUID that's fluid mm. for 33% fluid. off that is a huge discount you know papa johns will give you free pizza every 20 I mean, it's used to be frequently now it's like every 20 pizzas or something uh but tweakedaudio.com will give you 33% off every single order you place if you will use the offer code fluid and they're they're a tennessee based company had no idea until a couple of months ago mm. we got to go out there and see them I would love to we need to do a road trip
3: we need to go to New York first
2: okay I, I'm I'm in on that I have no PTO time but if I keep working a bunch of weekends <laughs> I'll be <laughs> able to do that work <laughs> every
3: so, weekend for the yeah. rest of the year
2: and uh, if you want the archives of the show and I, why would you I, I don't know why, why you would, you would but um, go to premium.drsteve.com for a buck 99 a month you can sign up and have access to everything including premium content so all right Um, First thing, on our SiriusXM show, we had a guy on, and we took the whole hour and talked to Robert D. Rose, Jr., who is a guy who um, is – he is a veteran. Uh, He was severely injured during uh, training exercise and uh, has severe chronic non-malignant pain, and um, the VA has this new thing where they really want to – (laughs) minimize the number of pills that they're writing. And it seems to at times not have any correlation with whether somebody's got legitimate pain or not. They just want to decrease the number of pills that they're writing. And, uh, so, uh, Robert was, um, uh, you know, had a lawsuit, and he's we had him on the Sirius XM show. Let's have him over here. We're going to do a, quite an abbreviated thing because you can go back and listen to the Sirius XM show on demand and listen to his whole thing. But uh, Robert, uh, let me bring you up here. All right, can you hear me, my friend?
1: Yes, Dr. Steve. Uh, can, I, can I say one thing?
2: Of course, you can say anything you want. Dr. Steve, uh, I
1: went back and listened to that episode. And other than myself saying I'm like an idiot, you, <laughs> sir, are awesome.
2: Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Um,
1: I, I don't know why everybody's not listening.
2: <laughs> well, um, there's a couple, I, I like staying under the radar, to be honest with you. But on this particular topic, uh, I wanted to get that one out there as far and wide as we could. Because it is, it's, a, it's a topic that I know something about, and I'm very interested in seeing a a a logical resolution to this Mm -hmm. and let me just give the people a little background on my take on this chronic opioid process or uh quote-unquote um crisis there there is a crisis in uh overdoses in of opioids but they're not pharmaceuticals anymore that the, the number of Prescriptions that have been written for pharmaceutical-grade opioids started declining in 2011 or 2010, mm-hmm. and it was a precipitous decline. During that same time, the number of opioid deaths increased geometrically. Mm-hmm. And if you go to my website at drsteve.com, you can scroll down, and I've got an article about it. I, Scott, you might search for it and see what the title of the article sure. is. And I can put a link up on uh, Twitter. Uh, but there's a graph there that is quite stunning. And uh, the the reason for it is, is because doctors got blamed for this, and now doctors are terrified to write anything. Um, uh, they're cutting their patients off, and the street, um, uh, the number of medications getting on the street has decreased significantly. You know, we've closed down the pill mills that really were doing inappropriate stuff. And it's basically legitimate patients now who are being deprived of their mm-hmm. medications because we've kind of taken care of the the other problem for the most part. There are still pill mills out there, but they're, they've got bullseyes on them. Mm-hmm. Now, why are the opioid uh, overdoses increasing and deaths increasing at a geometric rate? Well, because it's, it's fentanyl. It's mostly fentanyl that's driving this.
3: What's fentanyl?
2: Fentanyl is an extremely potent uh, opioid, we dose it in microgram amounts, whereas, you know, a morphine is dosed in milligram amounts. Gotcha. And um, it is um, uh, you can you can get like two million doses out of a, a pound a pound of this stuff. So it's really easy to smuggle. It's easy to break up, but it isn't so easy to get a consistent dose that's not going to kill people. And so all of a sudden you get a little little packet with white powder and it doesn't have the microgram amounts printed on it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I, how you would know, you
3: distribute a microgram? That's so small. Well, they'll isn't cut it? it
2: with other stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, and uh, y- yeah, you can you can take a pound of fentanyl and make, like right. I said, two million doses out of it that are a gram each or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't. That's eight. Yeah, like, but anyway, so yeah, hang on just a second, Robert. And then so that's where we are right now. And now Robert's dealing with a system that has a policy that they want to decrease the number of prescriptions that are written. So go ahead, Robert. You have the floor.
1: Um, on those uh, micrograms and stuff that you're talking about, uh, people smuggle the stuff in from China and Mexico, and buy a <clears throat> pill press from eBay or Amazon or whatnot, and they will press it into uh, pills that look like legitimate uh. prescribed medications. And so you purchase a uh, Xanax tablet off the street, you don't know if it's actually a Xanax tablet or one that has been pressed in someone's garage.
2: Wow, that's scary, that is isn't one
1: that? of the, that's, that's one of the reasons it's uh, so dangerous to uh, purchase these street drugs you're talking about.
2: It's even dangerous to buy them from pharmacies overseas because you can do that. And we we had a guy long time ago on the show. It may have even been before... Dr. Scott was uh, involved in the show that bought Xanax from what he thought was a Canadian pharmacy. Mm -hmm. But when the stuff showed up, it had a, um, uh, uh, you know, the stamp on it from a country called the Seychelles. Mm -hmm. And that's an island off the coast of Africa. And when they had them analyzed, it was actually um, an antipsychotic that they had sent them. So um, Mm -hmm. it's – my pharmacist can make a mistake. It's – you can't even – and that's almost a perfect system. Mm-hmm. You know, i have only – my 62 years, I've had one prescription that was wrong. So if you can't – but that's not – it's 99.999% accurate, not 100%. So if you can't even 100% trust the system that we have, why in the hell would you trust some somebody selling you a packet off the street unless you were desperate? Hard and enough. that's the other side of this is when I see them – uh, creating new legislation to crack down on doctors who are writing these prescriptions for patients with chronic, you know, pain. Uh, where is the money to do the treatment for people to decrease the demand? Because we're not doing anything about the demand. We're we're getting the pills off the street, no question about it. But the demand is still there, and so they're just going to other sources. But anyway, so Robert. So- Robert is uh, tell us about the status of your uh, lawsuit and all that stuff or your injunction or whatever it was that you were that you were um uh,
1: all right well as we uh, mentioned on the show last time I did have an injunction hearing in Greenville Tennessee uh, that was uh, designed to stop the VA um, and the CDC guidelines that would deny legitimate pain patients legitimate um, medications. However, prior to the injunction, uh, the judge had written in his order that he was going to allow uh, veterans, civilians, and expert testimony. Prior to the actual hearing, he did go back on what he had written in the order granting the hearing. And then also, um, as you know, Congressman Phil Rowe from Tennessee Uh, first district is named in the lawsuit he actually uh in 2009 when he was elected he became a member of the house va committee in december of 2016 uh, he became the chairman for the house va committee but prior to the injunction hearing in order to be excused he told the judge that he was not affiliated with the department of veterans affairs in any way So when we did arrive in court there in Greenville on the 17th, um, it went pretty much as I expected because of the uh, previous phone call in that, uh, one, Hill Road did not show up uh, because uh, the judge excused him for not being affiliated with the VA. The defendants at Mountain Home VA Medical Center here in Johnson City, they did not show up um, as well even though the order excusing Roe did not excuse them. And there's several other little errors that occurred during this hearing that has now allowed me to file a appeal <laughs> that will take the case completely out of Tennessee. That way Roe has no influence, has no power in... Uh, uh, when we go to the uh, Sixth Circuit Court up in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio.
2: Oh my goodness!
1: And so, and so that is what is going on now. Okay. Uh, I have uh, submitted to the court a notice of appeal to let them know that I will be doing this. And at uh, the present time, I am writing the uh, appeal information. Um indicating the, the harm that's been going on and uh, the stuff that's going on. Like I believe I told you last time, uh, I'd spoken to a uh, 70-year-old uh, Marine that had served in Vietnam. He had been blown up in a uh, personnel carrier. And here recently, uh, he was uh, diagnosed with throat cancer associated with Agent Orange. Okay. After 35 rounds of radiation therapy mountain home va medical center uh prescribed to him for the pain tylenol and throat lozenges.
2: okay so well, allegedly I mean, is- we, we haven't had a chance to look at his record but i believe him but we we need to say that
5: <laughs> today's episode is brought to you by angie when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: Um, if you uh, have been listening to the stories I've been listening to for the past yeah, year no, and a I, I half, I you know, believe
2: me. No, I know. I, I do believe me. We, we have to be real careful about, you know, anyway. You know, when we're talking about All right. specific medical conditions of specific people. But um, I, I, one thing I want to throw out there, I, I do think that the and you know I hate to use the hysteria word but the hysteria about prescribing by a lot of primary care guys mm-hmm. and I do talk to primary care guys say I just don't treat pain anymore and it's like well alright well I'm I've just decided I'm not going to treat diabetes mm-hmm. you know it's really it's it's 16 million people complain of pain in the United States and you know somebody's got to I mean it's somebody's got to take care of that mm-hmm. So um you Anderson, know Yeah, go ahead, ma'am. I
0: correct
1: you.
2: Yeah, please.
1: According to the National Institute of Health, there are 111 million Americans that suffer from some form of chronic pain. 25 million of those individuals suffer from severe intractable pain which at the present time have no current cure.
2: Yeah. That's at closer it, to the 16 million number that I'm talking about cuz you know, I'm sorry. You no, know, I was saying that's that's closer to the 16 million number that um, you know and it, that I was talking about. It just depends on, I guess, where you get that. That's that's what I'm talking about. The people with severe chronic pain that uh, you know it, it affects their ability to work or be productive and stuff like that. So, yes,
3: sir.
2: But um, the CDC guidelines don't say don't write opioids, mm-hmm. and I'm going to read from the CDC guidelines. It says. It is important that patients receive appropriate pain treatment with careful consideration of the benefits and risks of treatment options, which we would do if that's true for diabetes. Mm-hmm. That's true for a high I blood pressure. pressure sure. People need appropriate treatment with careful consideration of the benefits and risks. That doesn't mean do not treat. Matter of fact, you know, we teach people if someone's at high risk and this is for cancer particularly, but that's a different issue, um, uh, and, and they'll say, oh, well, cancer pain is is uh, is um, uh, exempt from all of these rules, but they still, the insurance company still won't pay for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. They'll only pay for a certain number of pills, even if not taking into account if the patient's been on this for a long time and developed tolerance, or if they have, you know, um, uh, 28, which I've seen, 28 mm-hmm. fractures in their pelvis mm-hmm. that can't be treated with the uh, doses that they want them to have, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, one a, a couple of the insurers are requiring prior approvals every single time that you write the prescription. So I have a department in my office that does all that. You know, I work at a cancer center, so we have people to do that. But if you're in primary care and you have to do a prior approval every single month for both the prescriptions that you're writing for a person that you know long at, you're just going to quit doing it. You're going to throw up your hands and stop doing it. Yeah. That strategy has been very well, successful. That, yeah, go ahead, Robert. Not only
1: that, Dr. but as you uh, may know from following uh, the news, pharmaceutical providers, I'm not going to name names, I don't want to get in trouble, but uh, there are certain pharmacies that you can go to, and because the pharmacy tech or the pharmacist does not like the way you are dressed, uh, the color of your skin, the car you drive, they can deny the legitimately written um, prescription for you, with nothing more than, uh, I don't like the way you look. And that is giving power to people who have no medical knowledge of your condition or your history. Yeah. And believe you me, if that was the um, what the guidelines said, on some days the way I feel, I'm not able to shave because my hands are so messed up. Um, I wouldn't give it to uh, me myself. Yeah. Even though I know, uh, even though I know, I'm not going to abuse it. I'm not going to divert it. I'm going. To, I'm going to take it the way it is, because sure. that's the only way I survive. And uh, one thing that you was just saying about doctors, um, this injunction hearing that I did the request of the federal court, it began with a letter from Mountain Home VA to me. It was the first time that they put it in writing why they are not uh, prescribing uh, opioid medications.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. May I read that to you, sir?
2: Yeah, and then and then we'll have to move on. But absolutely, yeah. Give us give us the short right, okay. version of it, Robert, if you can. We've right. we, we have a uh, we have a phone bag full. Go ahead, buddy.
1: All right, I apologize. No, 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 no. All don't don't
2: apologize. I'm just letting you know.
1: All right, on April 20th of 2018, um, this is a response I received from Mountain Home when I asked if my new primary care provider would be able to treat the compression fractures uh, in my spine. Uh, 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 I'm going well, yeah, to I'm going to I, I'm gonna
2: have to bleep that. Okay, Rema- get the time uh 2627. I can't I we can't use any real names, Robert, sorry. we can use yours and mine, but not anybody else's. Without their permission, well, you know, it's okay. You know, I'll. I don't it. hide. I know, I know, I know. I know. You can say right. it, and I'll just. I'll it. Okay.
1: Here we go, Doctor Blank. <laughs> Thank you. Will not, or how about Doctor B? Will not be able to prescribe either. He lives under the same rules as all our providers here at the VA. Not our choice to stop narcotic therapy. Yeah. at this point due to the VA-wide opioid safety initiative as previously discussed with in detail with the patient. Okay. So it's not the doctor's choice. Right. They are being threatened with uh, disciplinary action or termination if they continue to prescribe. So to me it goes back to Hitler's useless people policy um, in Nazi Germany. Everybody knows the six million Jews that were murdered, but there's very little talk of the five million others that were murdered under his reign of terror. Hmm. The majority of that five million uh, was the elderly and the disabled, because according to Hitler, they were useless.
2: Yeah. Well, they I know
1: provided nothing society. I know being that's in your we've gone.
2: in your position at this point uh I think it's I, I can understand how you would feel that the system does not value you because they're not listening to you and that I understand. And uh that's something I think the pendulum's going to swing back the other way. I think it's already started, but um You know, we'll be following your case with some very great interest, and I welcome you to uh, call in uh, when it gets closer to the Cincinnati thing and just let us know what's going on. And uh, keep us apprised of what's going on, old buddy, because I I feel for you. Um, It's
1: all in God's hands.
2: Well, and in people who care enough to stick their neck out a little bit and uh, try to, uh, you know, get some things done. So we'll be following that very closely, and I really do appreciate you uh, keeping us in the loop. And uh, just take care and um, uh, keep in touch, okay?
1: Always, Dr. Steve. All right, my friend. Always. All right. Take care and God bless.
2: And thank you for your service to your country. We, we, We appreciate that more than you know. Yes, sir. All right. That's tough. That's really tough. So we'll see what happens uh, over the next thing. So he's going to go to Cincinnati and get it out of our jurisdiction so mm-hmm. at least we can talk about it
3: mm-hmm. without
2: without any fear of having a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, I do think that a lot of providers are throwing the baby out with the bathwater. water. Yes, they that's, are. That's it's my stand on that. And what, what the VA is, I have no idea. I don't work in the VA. I don't know anything about it. What I hear about is what he tells me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I wouldn't mind at all having a VA doctor in here, particularly one that will, you know, we can mask their voice and they can mm-hmm. tell if, if, if there is such a person. Well, I can tell
4: you for an absolute fact, the, uh, they sent letters out to all of the veterans who, who yep. use the VA Mount home. And, um, about 2 years ago that they were discontinuing all narcotics. Oh, okay. For all patients unless they had um, you know, cancer it, or hospice it, or something like that. In stage, yeah, in stage cancers. Yeah, okay. you know, and and the problem is, you know, the one thing that that he said that is is the most difficult is the definition of Legitimate pain. Of course. We that's, don't have a blood test. We do not. And we and you know as well as I do, Dr. Steve, we've got people coming in with a hangnail that that say, Oh my God, it's a ten out of ten pain. And we've got someone else that's hit themselves in the shin with an axe and say, Yeah, it's, if you don't if you could put a band-aid on right, it. right. Right, right, And and that and that's why it's so hard. The knuckleheads
2: out there are yeah. the ones that have ruined yeah. it for all the legit patients. Yeah. There's no question about that. So and, you know, ultimately we are looking for non addictive pain medications sure. that will work. And uh, one thing that we talked about on the SiriusXM show was having a multifaceted approach to chronic pain right. that it isn't just the Romans lining up in a line and mm-hmm. trying to you know poke mm-hmm. uh, you know swords at the guys on the other straight line in front of them, instead. You know, you try to flank your pain. Just, that's how the Romans got defeated. You know, the, the, their enemies learned how to flank them mm. and violate the quote-unquote rules of war. If you use opioids when they're appropriate and not be afraid of it, as I'm looking at the CDC guideline. It does not anywhere say don't treat mm. people with opioids. It just says choose select your patients appropriately and treat them appropriately using the lowest dose that's effective, mm. which is – true of any yep. medication yep. you don't give somebody twice the blood pressure medicine that they need mm-hmm. you give them just enough to get their blood pressure down into the range that you want it and keep it there mm-hmm. and, and you uh, encourage them
4: to do things that would help mo- control course. their blood pressure of course. and that's what i think a lot of a lot of the patients that we have in pain medicine they the ones we have the, the most trouble with are the ones that want to be pain free that's right and pain free
2: Virtually impossible that, if you're alive. That paradigm has been thrown out, Man. and everybody. And but that's part of counseling people is, when yes. you first see them. Yeah. Is that what we're looking for? Is an improvement in function, yeah. quality and an of improvement life, improvement in quality of life. Yeah. And we, if the only way we can eradicate all pain is either to treat the underlying condition. Mm-hmm. Or sedate the person to the point where they're in a coma.
4: And may I say one more thing about the VA and Mount yeah, for, sure. in Mount Home in their defense? Because I, well, I know yeah.
2: people over there, yeah. both patients and doctors, and uh, I know uh, they
4: know. are. But but they are doing some extraordinary stuff over there. They've got brand new classes that any of the veterans who have chronic pain can go to. Um, then involve everything from breathing techniques to yoga. Um, massage therapies, et cetera. I mean, all of this stuff in-house that they do and it's some really great stuff and and we're seeing some great great response from that. The
2: problem is that if you've got someone that's withdrawing from opioids, Mm -hmm. the last thing they want to hear is you telling them about a yoga Oh, I know. No, I know. 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 So this has to be started from the beginning if you're going to do all these things. And anyway, our our multifaceted approach would include opioids, would Mm -hmm. include what Dr. Scott Mm -hmm. does Mm -hmm. despite what that asshole on iTunes said. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dr. Scott has a bunch of modalities that are very helpful for mm-hmm. chronic pain that are proven in the medical literature. So go f yourself if mm-hmm. you if some if you start calling him a quack again because I'm going well, to um, say the same shit I said last mm-hmm. time and uh, uh, and other non-opioid modalities mm-hmm. including physical therapy. Um, uh, uh, you know, adju- adjuvant medications yeah. like Neurontin or mm-hmm. uh, tricyclic antidepressants and things like that. You know, all these things have adverse effects, too. But treating all of those, you can maybe decrease the the amount of medication all the way around right. if you use multiple uh, modalities. So anyway, so, yeah, here we are talking about chronic pain again, but it's a big a deal. It's in deal. the news every day. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, – I, I – I know people at the VA who are trying to do the the absolute best that they can possibly do both patients and, uh, doctors. And, uh, but I, I absolutely understand people like Robert having the frustration that they have too, you know? So we have to be able to address that and, uh, come up with a solution that's acceptable, you know? But anyway, all right. So let's move on. We've got, everybody else has been on hold for 32 minutes. Area code 267. 267, you are on weird medicine. Sorry for the wait.
0: No problem. Hey, Dr. Steve. Hey. Uh, I got a quick question for you. Sure. So, I just had a. My my daughter was just born about nine days ago. Okay, congratulations. And, um. Thank you. When they were doing the. Thanks.
2: Uh... <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So, um, Wendy. They- with that, I didn't mean for the studio audience to throw you off like
0: that. Oh <laughs> uh, no problem. So, um, when they were doing the uh, the initial exam, um, they said that they felt like a click in her right hip. Um, and then they they have been checking it periodically, like every time they do her assessments and everything. Yeah. Um, and it's like every other time, maybe every third time, they feel it. Okay. Um, and then the doctor ordered an ultrasound on her right hip. Yes. Um, and that was done when she was seven days old. Okay. Um, The guy, it was actually done by a doctor. They said that uh, it couldn't be done by a technician. It had to be a doctor that did it because she was so young. Um, He didn't go into details, but he said it was definitely abnormal. Okay. But he wouldn't explain what he meant. Oh. Um. And since then, like, the the next day, um, she had a regular checkup, and the pediatrician said... That it was inconclusive because she's so young. Yes. Um. And they they want it repeated when she was when she's going to be a month to uh two months old. Okay. And my wife and I are just wondering like, is this anything that I don't know? I, obviously, you haven't seen the ultrasound. Yeah. 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 Um, is this anything that we should be concerned with or anything? Um. They they basically said, um. At worst, she might need like a hip brace or something until she's about one year old anyway. Sure. So it doesn't sound like it's that big of a problem, but you know, we're just kind of, we're just wondering.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they should have sat you down and had a nice long discussion with you rather than going, well, it's abnormal. Yep. We'll see you in a month. I, yep. I hate that. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Um, Don't it's, worry. Good luck to you. old <laughs> yeah. buddy. No, it's, um, it's what, what the, we always screen in babies for this thing called hip dysplasia. And what you the way you do it is you get the baby on their back and you put your finger, uh, your middle finger, right on the uh, greater trochanter of the hip, that sort of bone that you can feel sticking out. The hip bone. And then you put your thumbs on the inside of their knees and then you use that as sort of a um, fulcrum or a pivot point and then you, and you pivot outward with your thumbs, you know, spreading their legs and then you feel... To, to see if that hip clicks when you do that because you've got your finger right on it. You can feel it. It goes doop, doop, doop like that, okay? So that is a screening test for a thing called hip dysplasia, and it's, it's the medical term for a hip socket that doesn't fully cover the ball portion of the upper thigh bone. So uh, what can happen is... Um, uh, the kids sometimes can grow out of that clicky and they're fine. Other times it, it does manifest as problems later on in life. They can get, uh, one leg could be a little longer than the other, or they may develop a limp, stuff like that. Um, in teenagers and young adults, I mean, I had a friend who had untreated hip dysplasia and she had a real hard time, uh, getting around because she had pain and stuff. So, um, oh wow. Yeah, but hers was untreated. So um, I'm just sort of – let me Google real quick, see how they're treating this these days. Yeah, they use this thing called a Pavlik harness, and it is just as you said, a brace. And what it does is it repositions the uh, baby's hip so that it will learn to grow properly so that that um, socket and the hip uh, and the ball joint will um, merge together properly. And uh, it says here, infants are usually treated with a soft brace such as a Pavlik harness that holds the ball portion of the joint firmly in its socket for several months. This helps the socket mold to the shape of the ball. Uh, this brace doesn't work as well for babies older than six months, but that's not a problem for you So, because they caught this so early. So um, and then, you know, uh, if that works, then they're golden. Yeah, they're golden. They can play football. They can run. They can do whatever they want to do. So mm-hmm. it's good that they picked up on this so early. But they should—they should have explained okay. this shit to you. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. You have to call a radio <laughs> talk show to get this answer when they, the information was right there yep. in front of them. All they had to—they could have given you a fucking pamphlet.
0: Yeah, I mean, I probably could have Googled it too, but I mean, yeah, I don't want to. Not your job, you know, bro. Look at the wrong thing and you fucking freak out. Yeah, it's it, not bro. your
2: job. But Google uh, hip uh, infant. Uh, hip dysplasia and that you'll have all the information you mm-hmm. need and yeah they just need to uh, uh, keep an eye on on the baby for the next month or two and then if this doesn't seem like it's going away then they'll put you in that Pavlik brace and you know it, it'll be inconvenient for a little while and you know but 18 years from now you'll mm-hmm. forget about it completely yep all right? Okay. The other thing, let me ask all you right. this. Well, you. Is this your first baby?
0: No, this is number two.
2: Oh, uh, okay. Well, I was going to say you could go to drsteve.com, and in the upper right-hand corner, click on my wife's um, uh, one-page baby manual that she wrote. And yep. it's um, it's a wonderful way to get that kid sleeping all night, which is the the thing that that's everyone's goal in the early days of having a baby. So but anyway –
0: yeah, we've actually been using that because um, I, I had a conversation with you when, the, when our first one was born. So yeah. Oh, okay, cool, and, uh, cool, yeah, cool. It's a great gun.
2: And the other thing that that we like, um, and uh, Tacey and I give everyone who's having a baby are the sleep sacks from babyinabag.com. dot com, and uh, they're sleep wearable. Okay. They're wearable blankets. We kept our kids in them. They've got a bunch of different sizes from the you know three month to a year size to toddler size. And as long as our kids were in the crib, they had a sleep sack on until they were, what, two? And uh, they never once crawled out of their crib, not one time, because they can't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's awesome. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, but sleep sack's great because after three months when that kid now is no longer just a fetus that's been delivered three months too early, because that's the truth of uh, human delivery is we're born about one semester too soon because our heads are so big. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we didn't do that, women would have to have a vagina that's way different than the one that they have now. And so I'm sort of glad that. That we do do it this way, but um, <laughs> but they uh, so we swaddle those kids for the first three months. But after about three months, they can kick the blanket off, and that's when you stick them in a sleep sack. So okay, great. All right, hey, All good right. luck. Good luck with the baby. Keep us in uh, in the loop and let us know how the hip dysplasia thing's going. I, I love hearing follow up on these things. I hope everything goes okay.
0: Okay, thanks a lot. Have a great day. All right, buddy. See
2: you. Man. Okay, we'll see you. Um, we've got one more we'll take now, and then we'll get out of here. Area code 732, you're on Weird Medicine. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Good, good man. Good. I like that
6: radio voice. So, well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> no. I, I have to take a second because I have to laugh. The the caller, uh, the veteran before with the VA issues, Yep. Um, when, when he said, um, Dr. Blank, my head went to uh, Anthony Cumia, Chris Hansen voice and all I kept thinking about was put my blank and your blank <laughs> did to all those voices. Oh never what? left so hard in my life when he would do that. Oh it's classic. Oh yeah, I, anyway, I'm sorry.
2: No, it's okay. Yeah. I was uh, I was sitting in a meeting and the guy next to me's name was Chris Hansen and so I gave him all the uh, oh. to to uh, <laughs> to catch a predator jokes. He had no clue what I was talking about. And and I I was just sitting there looking at me like I was an idiot. The other time that (laughs) happened to me, by the way, was uh, we had a, uh, a resident, and his name was Muhammad Ali. And he was standing in this group of residents, and I saw him, and I saw his name tag. It was Muhammad Ali, and I and I started going, the greatest resident of all times, of all times. And he just looked at me with this goofy smile. and He went, "Well, thank you very much, sir." He had no clue what the hell I was talking about. Oh, oh he had
3: to have heard something about no, that. Well, no, he didn't or know twice. that reference. Oh, okay. I mean, that
2: was that He'd... was forty years ago. Oh, okay. anyway. that's beautiful.
3: Yeah, it made me feel old
2: and stupid. You know, I'm just why he must have thought I was the biggest idiot. No,
3: he had to know with a name like that.
2: I don't think he did. I don't think he'd been in the country that long. And although Muhammad Ali is one of the most famous people Mm -hmm. in the world, I I just he had no. There was no recognition in his eyes whatsoever. But anyway, all right. Well, anyway, what you got, man? All
6: right, so um, kidney stones. Yes, and. I'm not concerned about the treatment thereof because okay. they, it's pretty much a pretty standard form. Either you you pee them out, or they go get them in some form. Right. I get the understanding of that, but um, I'm 42. Um, I don't know how far I can go with my history, but I'm not the healthiest of people. Okay. Um, in the in the last 16 months, I have made myself healthier in the, you know weight loss and exercise and all this other stuff. Excellent. But I've never had I've never had kidney stones before. Okay. And my issue is is uh, and, I, and I and I struggle with this, so so just bear with me. But I became one of those. I'm not very good at it, so don't judge. But I became one of those CrossFitter people. Yeah, um, that's fine. I'm just wondering if there's. I'm just wondering if there's something behind it in the sense not that I'm doing something wrong, right? But is there something related to the output versus the input in terms of hydration, yes. and electrolytes, and everything like that? That because you know, I'm not good at it, but I do take it hard during the workouts, and that's why I've actually lost 40 to 50 pounds in my yeah. 16 months, is because that was like my breakthrough moment, but, um, yeah, I, you know, so I, the treatment is one thing. I get that, and that's pretty standard stuff for the most part.
2: Do you know um, what kind of stones you have? I'm sure they analyzed yeah. What kind of stones do you have?
6: Yeah, I, 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 I had the CT scan. I had the ultrasound, and I just had the x-ray about a week or two ago.
2: Um, well, that's not what I'm asking. What I'm asking is, a, did they take a stone out, crush it up, and do a chemical analysis on it?
6: No, I, 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 actually, I actually have two. Um, okay. One is about three millimeters. The other one is a, in, a, in a tough spot. It's like you know, 14 millimeters, and they both still sit inside my body. So
2: you I have not passed a yet. stone yet that they could
6: analyze. In fact, two days ago, when I tried to get on the last time, when I when I kind of hung up on you, so yeah. I apologize for that. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, I was actually in my I was actually in my urology office, and the decision was to put me on high dose Flomax to try to pass the one, yeah. rather than go beat it up with a with a shock wave yeah. lithotripsy stuff. Okay, um, so I have not passed the stone. Um, I am pain free. Never okay. bothers me. I'm not in. I'm not on any pain medicine. There's no issues with it. Got it. I know I have them.
2: Okay, so that will be very important someday when they get their hands on one of your stones to say what kind is it because some of them precipitate. You remember in chemistry, you did these experiments where you'd have this stuff in solution. You'd have two clear solutions and you'd pour one into the other and then it would precipitate out or you'd make rock salt or rock candy and that's rock a, salt
6: yeah it, mr wizard rock yeah salt
2: yeah it. and and basically kidney stones form the same way it's a chemical reaction where Things that are in, sol- in solution precipitate out, and then they aggregate together and then they 'll make a stone and You can have calcium stones, you can have struvite stones, uric acid stones, and these other things called cysteine stones. sometimes you can have you know, a combination uh, of calcium and say uric acid, things like that. so uh, knowing what it is will help you to avoid it in the future, for example. Okay. Uric acid stones. We can give people potassium citrate, and they will never have another stone. Mm. You know, uh, people with calcium stones or oxalate stones can avoid certain things in their diet. But for now, what's interesting you is what are your risk factors that we can put our finger on right now? One of those is dehydration. So uh, not drinking enough water uh, increases your risk of kidney stones because the urine is more concentrated. If it's more concentrated and th- and there are sol- solutes precipitating out of solution, they're going to precipitate out when the urine is more concentrated. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. Uh, but the thing that I'm wondering in your case since you've lost all this weight is your diet. So eating diets that are high in protein – uh, uh, may increase the risk of some types of kidney stones, particularly true if you have a high-sodium diet, if you use a lot of salt in your food. And uh, so that's pretty interesting. You know, you wouldn't think that sodium would do it because it's not sodium that's precipitating out, but it causes calcium to precipitate mm. out. Uh, people who are obese, um, you know, in other medical conditions that you probably don't have, like renal tubular acidosis and stuff like that, can, uh, can increase... Um, uh, kidney stone production, but I'm going to guess in your case, it's your diet and the dehydration during your workouts. Yeah. So you just got to hydrate better during your workouts and see, yeah. uh, if you can present this and then, or prevent this. And then once they get their hands on one call back and let us know what kind of stone it is, sure. and then we can yeah. sort of, they'll give you a diet, but we can kind of walk people through how you, uh, uh, yeah you know determine the proper way to prevent a kidney stone from reforming and it's, it's not it, not it, all so it, stones it just are the same sucked, so. mm-hmm. yeah it sucks yeah, it, it sucks. sucks it sucks really bad
6: <laughs> and and just, well, it just, it, it, I was going to say it it, it just kind of sucked that i'm finally turning the corner yeah now you got this i dare you use the word healthy i don't want to do that but now i got this it's not a setback but i got this complication sure you know, i got to go get fixed. And, you know, at one point, I do have to get the one out. You know, with the lithotrips are going to beat me up with it, and I'm going to be down for a week or so. But,
4: sure.
6: you know, I just it just feels like it's the kick in the butt. You may you know, you drop the weight. Um, I didn't say it, but, uh, you know, I have, I have type 2 diabetes. My A1C is down like 5.8. There you go. Good. Good. Congratulations. Blood pressure is down below. Bl- blood pressure is, you know, barely. Awesome. At this point, all this other good stuff, and then I get the stupid kidney stones.
2: Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, if I told you you could decrease your risk of heart attack and stroke by by cutting your risk in half but the but the the downside would be you'd have to have two kidney stones that we'd have to do something about you probably would have taken that choice
6: mm-hmm. probably would have for Yeah
2: sure. and yeah. you did yeah. that that's exactly what yeah. you did by doing what yeah. you did with your diabetes and yeah. your blood pressure so and it may even be more than yeah. half you ought to go you know it'd be fun for you to do is go to uh, just google framingham Cardiac risk calculator, and put your numbers in before, and put them in now, and look at the difference. And then, yeah, let me know what you get because I bet it was like ten percent before, and it's down to four now. So it's really a sixty percent decrease, you know.
6: And it it was Framingham, like F R A M, yeah, like Framingham,
2: Framingham Mass. Gotcha. All right, old buddy. Okay. Hey, congratulations on the weight loss. Sorry about the kidney stones, and uh, let us know how it
6: goes. All right, buddy. Take better care. Than, better than I've been in a while. So. Oh, good. We'll good, keep good. it well, up. I just hung up on him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry.
2: <laughs> All right. Thanks always go to Dr. Scott. Lady Diagnosis. And Tacey's here. Are you going to sit in for the next show? The Tacey be here next show. Can't forget Rob Sprance, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Test. Travis Test? Travis Teft. Eric Nagel, Roland Campos, Sam Roberts, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Ron Bennington, and Fez Watley. And let's throw old Paul Ofcharsky in there, too, and dandy Don Wickland, whose early support of this show never gone unappreciated. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, On Demand and Other Times at Don Wickland's Pleasure. Many thanks. Go to our listeners whose voicemails and topic ideas make this job very easy. And go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. That's perfect timing. I just got Perfect. All right.